project resume can make your medical coding dreams come true. From resumes to interview skills to navigating a successful career, Project Resume has the advice you need from coders you can trust. See all that we have to offer at projectresume.net. Please make sure to reference Medical Coding Geek when you place your order. Looking for a convenient, cost-effective solution for interventional radiology coding training? Check out Cracking the IR Code, Mastering Interventional Radiology and Cardiology Coding Online Education. Created by interventional radiology coding expert Stacy Buck of RadRx. This comprehensive online training offers access to content for one year, Q&A support available during your one-year enrollment period, hundreds of coding scenarios, and actual operative reports. What are you waiting for? It's time to earn that specialty credential. Go to RadRx for additional testimonials and information, and use our promo code GEEK10 for special pricing. Again, go to RadRx and use our promo code GEEK10 for special pricing. You are listening. You are listening. You're listening to Do Not to Not Elsewhere. Not Elsewhere. Elsewhere. Elsewhere Classified. Welcome to Not Elsewhere Classified, a podcast about the medical coding, health information technology, and clinical documentation improvement community. I'm your host, Brian Kui. Hello, everybody. Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Not Elsewhere Classified podcast. If you're listening to this podcast for the first time, welcome. Over 70% of our listeners listen to this podcast through their iPhone. So please pick up your Apple device, go to Apple Podcasts, and leave our show a five-star rating and a review. You can check out Medical Coding Geek and the Not Elsewhere Classified podcast on social media, including Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. You could also check out Medical Coding Geek on YouTube, where I continue to release out videos, including my recent video on preparing to release the first edition of the CEU hit list, where we have free CEUs. I think for the month of May, we have about 20 so far. Speaking of groups, you can check out our Facebook groups by going to medicalcodinggeek.com services. And while you're there, if you need a speaker or need someone to help promote your brand or service, please feel free to reach out to us. And of course, you can find me, Brian Kui. My last name is spelled C-U-I on LinkedIn. So in today's podcast, I continue my conversation with Stacy Tortorica from Stocking Horse. In part two of this conversation, we go into talking about her company, Stocking Horse, LLC. It's a real interesting story how she got into the company. She didn't necessarily start the company. She went into the company and eventually took over Stocking Horse. And then we go into how she created her YouTube channel and how she became the guinea pig for video creation and content sharing with their clients. So without further ado, here is my continued conversation with Stacy Tortorica from Stocking Horse. Enjoy. What I do want to go into in this second half is your beginnings of this creation of Stocking Horse, right? So again, as I, when I 
found you on Li on LinkedIn, on YouTube, right? And I'm, I'm looking through the video. I'm like, stalking horse. Like, what is stalking horse? And then I see the video of yourself and you say, Stacey Totorica. I'm like, all right, cool. And then the horse in the background, as I can see there on your video, I have a lot of questions, but I'm going to I'm gonna toss it back to you. Where did this company come from? I'm sure it's from the culmination of everything that you've done in your career and then creating this new company. And then, we're, of course, we're going to talk about the YouTube channel as well. But how did everything get started? So um, the position that I had been holding with the company, I was very, very happy with. I pictured myself retiring with them. Um, I was just, I had an excellent boss, so shout out to Kimberly Hopi, who's amazing. But anyway, um, I really loved it there, but what they decided to do was focus in on the software side uh, and develop a tool for risk adjustment. Mm -hmm. And so they didn't really want to continue at that point in time with the outpatient department. Um, so they decided to, um, uh, close that off as they were working on this other software, which left me in a, in a position of, okay, do I want to take another position uh, somewhere else uh, with another consulting firm? Where do I go from here? Um, and I actually had had uh, people reaching out to me that I had met through travels and such for work. And so essentially I would be bringing work with me wherever I went, you know, bringing clients. Um, and I said, you know, nothing really seems to fit well. I had interviewed with another company um, several times, and we kind of talked about being an employee versus an independent contractor. Mm -hmm. um, long story short, we ended up going the independent contractor route, and um, Nick Sisto, who is the CFO here at Stalking Horse, had actually started Stalking Horse prior. And Nick is also my husband, but uh, <laughs> we had never really pictured like working together. In fact, it's one of my pet peeves that <laughs> I <different>. So, <laughs> um, and so we never pictured really working together, but um, he had started Stalking Horse um, and it was more focused on accounting in the beginning. He's a CPA. So, um, but he was doing other work. He worked for another firm and it really, um, was it was just kind of stalking horse was kind of there and i was thinking like hmm you know like do i want since i'm going to be an independent contractor anyway doing some work for this one consulting firm so they'll call me in when they have certain projects that they need my expertise on but mm -hmm. it's not a guarantee mm -hmm. it's not like a you know 40 hour week job so i'm now a consultant um maybe i should run this through stalking horse like maybe i should buy into stalking horse yeah. and start there so we had some discussions about it. Um, long story short, I joined Stalking Horse and I've completely taken over. <laughs> <laughs> Just in the sense that we don't really do accounting work anymore. Okay. Um, and um, Nick is phenomenal with uh, helping with the healthcare side of things. People vastly underestimate the importance of the true business and yeah. uh, starting their own, you know, business or mm -hmm. starting their own coding, consulting, billing. They, they totally forget that. I mean, and he's just, I mean, just phenomenal with knowing things about the business and the budget and mm -hmm. everything else. So um, it's definitely not for the faint of heart, you know, starting your own you know, firm, it, 
there, there were times when I really was like, am I insane? Like, this is so much work. Yeah. I think people tend to, to look at it as like a glamorous thing. Yeah. Um, but it's, it's really very, very difficult, especially if you want to stand out, you want to be successful. And if you're trying to have a quality product, right? So clients can go anywhere. They can go, you know, off offshore for coding services, whatever, what makes them want you. Um, there is a bit of competition and a lot of that competition is larger companies. Mm -hmm. So anyhow, that's how I got into stalking horse. And I, again, it just like evolved and we really just focus in the healthcare space and coding education, consulting, you know, again, a heavy focus on risk adjustment as well. And we have some clients that we do continuous coding for. So that's, again, the service line. So, okay. we, um, you know, offer that as well. And we really wanted to build a team of professionals where this really means something to them, you know, not just not just a job, mm -hmm. but they really have a passion for this. Right. So where did the name stalking horse come from because i see in your background here there is a little horse here my, here's 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 my here's my here's what i think the answer is cuz cuz i didn't know that your the your current cfo your husband started the company i thought you started the company so my interpretation was you started the company because and it's interesting to hear your 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 past in in, in gymnastics i thought before starting this podcast episode with you, I thought like, oh, okay, Stacy probably loved to ride horses. And because of her passion of horses, she started, <laughs> she named her horse stocking horse. Now, my question though is why is it stocking? So, you know, those are, those were, <laughs> that's my interpretation. But then hearing your, your background in gymnastics, I'm like, where's the horse part? Okay. And then you're telling me it wasn't you who started the company. It was your husband that started the company. And I'm like, okay, now, now I need to know why is it called Stocking Horse or why is the company called Stocking Horse? So I kind of like your story. I thought you were a horse rider. I'm like, she must, because I used to live, here's the thing. I used to live in, um, in South Florida and specifically in Davie. And in Davie, there's a lot of horseback, uh, horse owners who ride horses. And there's a specific park that does that. So I figured... You're out in Spring Hill somewhere. It could be something similar to what Davy has, you know, in that type of vibe. Maybe they had horses over there, you know, equestrian stuff like that. And you rode horses. Maybe at one point you you did the, the competitive jumping and all that stuff. <laughs> yeah. No, actually. And I'll be honest. Uh, I think that horses are beautiful, majestic animals. Mm -hmm. But they, I, I actually am a little bit afraid of horses, really? which is hysterical. <laughs> Yes, because I met someone that um, the tip of her finger was bitten off by a horse. Ooh. Yes. Mm. And so when I heard that story, I was like, oh, my gosh. Mm. So ever since that story, I'm like, I don't want to feed a horse. You know, it might accidentally, <laughs> you know, get me. Um, I, I have ridden a horse once for mm. maybe like three minutes or mm. so. <laughs> so <laughs> but they are. No, they're, they're beautiful animals. But it actually comes from the financial side of it so a stalking horse is like a bid that can be put in where like so for example if a company is going to go maybe they're going to go bankrupt or they're having a trouble and they're going to auction okay um, they'll work with another company or a bidder and they'll make that bidder their stalking horse 
So essentially that stalking horse bidder protects that uh, company that's going under from com a complete loss because oh. in the auction, like they, the, um, you know, if the lowest bid was so terrible, mm. you know, that this company isn't really able to do anything with mm. that, you know, that bid, what, what are they going to do? So they have a stalking horse bid where they're essentially protected, guaranteed this one amount of money. If, if, but then if someone beats that stalking horse bid, there's all other kinds of technical stuff that yeah. goes into play. But essentially the whole idea is that, you know, we're, we've got your back, right? Ah, so we're nice. going to do everything to protect you and, and ensure you that you're, you're not going to, you know, go on or whatever. So, um, yeah, that's kind of where it came from as financial term. <laughs> and honestly, when he was telling me, cause we were, you know, we, we were together nine years, I want to say before we decided to get married and mm. everything. So when he was telling me about stalking horse and he was, I'm like, I love the name. Like, mm. I didn't even know what it meant at first, yeah. you know, but I was just like, I, I love that because there's all these companies that are like ABC coding, yeah. you, know, yeah. you know, what ha what have you, but, or billing this or whatever. But I didn't think that when you have a brand yeah. that you develop mm -hmm. that's strong, right? It doesn't yeah. really matter if the word coding is in it or if the word billing is in it. Yeah. Um, I mean, it, it does if you're putting things on Google and you want people to search <laughs> search you but yeah, yeah you know but as far as your your company and everything and i just love the name and i love kind of like the the backstory to it yeah so because he was questioning he was like well if you want to do this like should we change should we change the name and i was like absolutely not we're keeping the name so. I, I i acquired a facebook group that the the company was offering like free medical coding, HIT, HIM, um, C, whatever, CEUs, right? And um, it used to be called Hitnots, but Hitnots, uh, the person who who did it, retired, and so she gave me the the group, and I'm like, okay, uh, but she says you can't use Hitnots because it's mine. I'm like, all right, I will, I won't use it. And so I went to the group and um, the thing I do is I engage with them. I say, okay, well, I have a group here. Uh, we can't use Hitnots and uh, what are we going to name this this group? And so I would get a whole bunch of suggestions. Oh, add everything. And so like, like you mentioned, uh, I want to have, uh, why don't you call it free CEUs for medical coders and HIM and CDI? <laughs> like, oh what gosh, kind yes. of name is that? And so... <laughs> I'm like, well, yeah, you have to create a title that captures everything because if you're going to search it on Facebook, they're going to find it. And so mm -hmm. um, I'm like, ah, uh, okay. So I'm always, I'm, I'm the same mind like you. I, I, I create a name, but when you look at the name, you don't think of coding because mm -hmm. when you create a specific brand uh, or title of a brand, it should speak for itself because when you create that brand and people look into your brand or the way I see it, you look into the person who is behind the brand that they're representing, then they will look more into the company. Like when I see stocking horse, I'm like, what stocking horse? And because of that curiosity, you know, that's why I developed my own pathway, my own journey of what this company, how it was created. <laughs> because, right. <laughs> right. And so because of that curiosity, it made me want to be inquisitive with the person involved with the company. Right. So that's how I see when I create um, what well, medical coding geeks was one thing. But, you know, everybody's creating a company with medical coding in it, which to me, 
it's not my cup of tea. I, I want to create a, a company name. If I, if some point I want to create one, it's going to be something that you, when you look at it, just like stocking horse, has nothing to do with coding. Because I think, let's say for example, you have. St- I've talked about this with my friend. Um, if you have a specific LLC name, just the same way that you, ha- you were in the financial sector, you can always shift to something else. So like this, for example, I create an LLC. It might be coding, but it might be media, but it might be, I don't know, my friend asked me to partner up with a, with a restaurant, but like, I don't do restaurants. So, you know, but to have an LLC that gives you a bit of laterality and directional flow in where you want to go in your business, I think that's great. So I, 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 I well, I'm glad you told me that story. Yeah, I love that. <laughs> Where did you get the the figurine in the back? That's that's uh, that's because I see it in the videos. Where did you get it from? So uh, from my brother-in-law, actually. Okay. Because you know, because uh, like I told you, I'm not I'm not like a huge horse fan. But I mean, <laughs> I, again, I love, love horses; they're beautiful. Uh, but I don't like I don't like have pictures of horses mm. or anything like that. But um, obviously, the family gets a kick out of the stalking horse. Mm. And um, so my brother-in-law actually found it. I don't even know where and didn't tell us anything and just shipped it, shipped it down. And um, the first one he sent actually broke in shipping. So we have two. There's another one somewhere else, but we we had it like put back together. But yeah, so that was a nice gift from him. And then, of course, the horses and the logo, just because everybody thinks about horses about Mm -hmm. it and it just we, we like the way that it looks, and um, yeah. So we, we make sure that the horse is in the uh, in the videos. <laughs> no, I think it's great. I think it's great. And and when you create a company, I think when you do all of the SEO and all of this stuff, you're going to include medical coding, and it's going to be all of those capture things and stuff like that. So that goes into the YouTube channel, which is the reason why I found, which is how I found you. So you created the well. You bought into stocking horse. You never create. That's what the, I'm always thinking because most of the people that I, that have companies they started their company. So your your story is very unique that you went into and took over uh, a company. I don't know if my husband's gonna like that one. Yeah. Take- <laughs> hey, you're the oh. wife. Now you're the CEO now. <laughs> so it, it speaks for itself. <laughs> yeah. No. He's yeah. It's. It, you're right. I guess it, it is different. It is. It, it is, is a different approach because most people start it, but you mm-hmm. you took a different approach. Was you know you took a, you took something that was existing, and then just made it your own, right? Made it your yes. own. Made it your own direction. And one of the directions that you have done in the company is create this YouTube channel. So could you give me could you give me some insight or kind of tell me how did you get into started creating YouTube channels or YouTube channels YouTube videos? Right. So actually, it was quite a few years ago, um, just maybe it was about eight months after really kicking things off within Stalking Horse Mm -hmm. that I was saying to myself and to to Nick and to a few others that, you know, hey, we really need something out there for medical coding. Um, and for this profession, just that people can watch and learn, and even for our clients, for each other, because there's a lot of um, there's a, there's a lot of people out there in this profession, but there's not as much networking, especially like 
free information yeah. as as people would believe. So like if you're a member of the AAPC or some other organizations, like you may have monthly meetings or what have you, where there's some networking there, but depending on the area that you live in, it may or may not either produce a lot of people showing up, like, you know, or they may be very focused on a certain area of coding. I know some of um, the people that work with Stalking Horse, you know, one of them lives in another state and um, well, a couple of them do, but one of them in particular doesn't go to any of their chapter meetings mm. because um, <clears throat> they don't focus on any of the topics that she really works in or re is interested in. Right. So she finds that difficult. And then when she's there to network, there's not a lot. So, I mean, there's, you know, coding is such a vast, you know, profession. There's so many different things, as you said, specialties right. and whatnot. We just felt like it was important to get something out there, but I really did not have any time and I still don't have a lot of time, <laughs> but um, I wanted to create the channel for general information, um, the coding people, but also for our clients to be able to go to. And then also for our team here, uh, because I don't believe that anyone works for me or for stalking horse. Everyone works for themselves. Mm -hmm. Like you don't really work, you know, like we, there's no uh, servitude here, right? Like you work for yourself, but you work with stalking horse. Mm, okay, you good. work with me, we work together. Mm -hmm. So it's a really like team approach and we want to develop the best here mm -hmm. at stalking horse. We want to, we want the best here and we want to develop the best. And so it's also a great way for our team to have exposure with um, speaking, getting in depth about certain topics. But due to COVID, it's kind of just been me. So yeah. I kind of, you know, I've been kind of the guinea pig. <laughs> <laughs> you know, but it, it, we're we're wanting to have uh, more of our team also on the channel, people to share experiences and. Um, we wanted to do quite a bit of interviewing as well eventually, mm. but you know, we'll see, it's just going to be where it takes us and what people want. We're not looking to be famous YouTubers or anything like that. It was just, it was just really to get the content out there mm. to get our team involved and try to benefit the coding community, you know, whether it turns into something great or not, we'll see, right. We'll, we'll see what happens, but I definitely think that it's a benefit for Stalking Horse and, you know, and what we envision is that our team here will become more and more involved with it and we'll have videos about a lot of different topics. But I know you and I had chatted before that that becomes a little bit difficult as well because really a lot of times when it comes to YouTube, people are looking for sound bites or something smaller, but yeah. when it comes to coding, mm -hmm. it's difficult to not take too long. So I know that's been one of my challenges as well is not going too long, but then also not being too short with the video mm -hmm. and also just the uncomfortableness of staring into a camera lens <laughs> and not, not really having somebody that you're, you're looking at, you know, I'm very used to presenting or like when I'm in person, there being a group of people there that I'm, that I'm presenting to. And so it's just odd to stare into this camera and in the beginning, especially you feel pretty silly. Yeah. yeah. So, but we did do a lot of research. Um, I had been mentioning it, mentioning it, like I said, for a couple of years. And then I really pushed, uh, 
you know, Nick on it some more. That's your, who's and Nick? He's then, your technical guy? Oh, no, Nick is still, he's the CFO. Oh, your husband. And, yeah. Because <laughs> okay. I was, I, you know, again, I, I take like the team approach. So I recognize that not every idea that I have is a fantastic idea, okay. right? Like sometimes you just have a bad idea. So I, you know, obviously as a team, we bounce things off of each other. So it wasn't just, you know, me by myself. You know, I, I was speaking with Nick about it. I spoke with our team about it. What do you guys think? Um, you know, and then made the decision about, okay, this is the direction we want to take. But uh, we, we talked about, do we want to hire an outside company for, you know, video editing? Mm. Like, wh- how do we, how do we want to accomplish this? And to be honest, we're, we're control freaks a little bit, yeah, right? Yeah, so yeah. We're, yeah, yeah. Yeah, we're, you, you know, just our personalities. I mean, he's, you know, again, in accounting. And he was actually an auditor that, you know, in accounting. Mm-hmm. And then, obviously, my background. So we just thought, you know, we would love to have that creative control mm-hmm. and try to do this ourselves. Mm-hmm. And if it works, fantastic. And if it doesn't, we don't have to published it like we don't have yeah, to put yeah, it out there but yeah. let's just see so he really um he really took ownership of the technical side i have to give him credit he did i mean hours upon hours upon hours of research watching youtube videos yeah. um, think media is really yeah. big mm-hmm. on youtube so a lot of think media he like wrote down all of the different pieces of equipment that he thought we needed he was giving me lists he was giving me of course budgets he was giving me like pricing so he was presenting all his information what? to me. Like, yeah yeah like, okay which way do we want to go you know which camera do we want and he's giving me the specs and telling me you know what he thinks would be best and so we made all of these decisions about you know what equipment to buy um, we ended up buying a computer just for the editing Wow! because, yeah, because we're not, I mean, I do come from the generation where video games were big. Mm-hmm. And so I'm not going to lie. Like I watched the Mortal Kombat movie last night. Oh, like, did you? Okay. I, how was it? I, it was good. Compared to the I, first one. How was it? Or the it very was, first one years ago. Yeah. I saw that one in the theater. Yeah. So, um, this one I got to watch at home on HBO max. So the, the very first one in the theater, I loved it just because I was, you know, young and it was like the first like video game movie and it was just like an awesome experience. This one, I think they tried to make it a little more realistic, like, Mm. um, and they did a little bit more, they gave a little bit more information where other people could understand it. So like, Nick knew nothing about Mortal Kombat mm. or the video game or whatever. Mm. So mm. last night when we were watching, um, I felt like they were going a little bit fast with the explanations. Oh, but he was okay. like, oh, no, no, this is helpful because I don't know anything about it. You know, and then, of course, as the characters come up, I'm like, oh, that's so and so and that's so and so. And he's just like <laughs> not even know what I'm talking about. But it was I don't know. I mean, compared to the first one, I would say that it might maybe was a, a little bit better. OK, than- good. Editing computer. <laughs> yes. So, the whole point was, see, I told you I can make this long story yeah. longer. So um, we uh, we we don't video, we don't do computer video games or anything. Mm. So we didn't have a need for that kind of power yeah, yeah. in a computer. Um, so we ordered one uh, with the specs that he thought we needed from, again, the research that he had done. Yeah. And then we ended up going with the Adobe, what is it? 
premiere, premiere. Uh, premiere whatever. Mm, wow. So we ended up going with that. And he did all the training videos. So he's actually <laughs> editing. He's like, he's like wearing so many hats. He's mm. like, I'm the director. I'm the editor. I'm the hype man, you know, because he'll get behind the camera. He's like, okay, now go get your energy going. And then, then I just start laughing. And I'm like, if you make me laugh before, then I'm going to be laughing when it, when it starts. <laughs> so I don't know if anybody notices, but in the beginning, I'm like always almost with a smile on my uh. face because he made me crack up just prior oh. to starting. So He'll, he'll usually get it set up for me. I'm sitting down. I'm very short. So I, it's like, I have to be sitting in a specific position for the camera to like look right. Mm. Otherwise I look funny. So he'll hit, you know, the button and then he'll either walk out of the room and kind of, I'll, you know, do my thing. And then when he hears me wrapping it up, he comes back in. Okay. And turns it the Haugen Consulting Group offers healthcare consulting, education, and auditing services utilizing a team of industry experts specializing in leadership, project management, and assessments for HIM and patient access. Their auditors and educators are experts in facility and professional fee coding and offer education for ICD-10-CM, PCS, CPT, HIM, patient access, and revenue cycle. The Haugen Consulting Group is thrilled to be a partner with MedicalCodingGeek.com and the Not Also Classified podcast. Go to thehaugengroup.com/shop and use promo code Geek15 at checkout to receive a discount on webinars and desk aids. Again, go to thehaugengroup, H-A-U-G-E-N Group.com/shop and use our promo code Geek G-E-E-K15 at checkout. Do you have a hard time landing your first medical coding position or keep hitting the wall of every position that requires at least three years of hands-on coding experience? If you are credentialed but still have a hard time getting hired, the Renowned Talent one-on-one coaching program is perfect for you. You will work closely with Bertram Lansico on your resume, social media presence, interview training, and access to companies who hire entry-level talent. Bonuses include resume templates, relevant resume keywords, and encoder access. Please visit renowntalent.com and tell them you heard about this coaching program through the NEC podcast. Again, please visit renowntalent, R-E-N-O-W-N, talent.com, and tell them you heard about this coaching program through the NEC podcast. But yeah, I mean, uh, if he wasn't involved in that, I I don't really know how I would get to it because like this week I'll be working seven days, you know? So there's, yeah, there's some times where there's just not, there's just not a lot of time. Mm -hmm. Um, Eventually I I really want that to, I want to be normal where, you know, I work five days a week Uh and, you know, get the the two days off, but not, not quite there yet, but that's not a problem that I'm going to complain about. Right. Cause that means that's a good problem to have when yeah. you're, when you're that busy. Yeah. What kind of camera do you guys have? I, I'm, I'm interested. <laughs> it looks great. Uh, it's the Canon. Um, I wonder if it's in here. It must've moved a Canon. I think it's, I want to say it's the M80. Does that make sense? Okay. Okay. I could work with that. Yeah. And then the microphone, what kind of micro, cause your sound looks, sounds, it sounds really great. 
Yeah, it's a shotgun mic, and it's the, Road. I think it's a Rode. Oh, yes. wow. He, he did his research. <laughs> yes, he did. I have to give him credit um, for that. And then the lens, like you mentioned, oh, the blur. Yeah. He bought that, like, F2 lens or whatever wow. to go on there. So, yeah, because we, we even talked about that. Like, okay, do we want this extra expense mm. to put this on here. But again, knowing that we were creating this content for our clients as well, like you, you know, you want to be professional, right? Yeah. You want to put that effort into your work and produce good quality. You know, does it have to be absolutely perfect for YouTube? I mean, not absolutely perfect. I think, um, you know, that's really difficult. Uh, you know, like you said, as you continue to do the videos, you learn different things, you learn mm. different tricks, you try to improve. Um, one of the problems that I have, and I'm sure no one will believe this, I have had a fear of being on camera for as long as I can remember. Mm -hmm. So if I'm doing um, speaking somewhere, um, I'm fine. Uh, I mean, I'm nervous like everybody, you know, yeah, before yeah, yeah. doing public speaking. But if they, like, one time I spoke with, for MGMA, and they were mentioning that they were going to like have audio and probably video. Mm -hmm. And I swear I just like broke out into a sweat. <laughs> so yeah, that was a really big problem when we started. Cause like I said, essentially, like I really wasn't planning on being the one on camera mm -hmm. or at least the only one on camera. Yeah. I do not like watching myself back yeah. on camera. Mm -hmm. So that editing part is really hard for me still. I've gotten better at it obviously. Mm -hmm. So that's a lot. And I, I think you could relate in saying that people think that these YouTube videos are from the outside. It looks quick. It looks easy. You know, it doesn't look that bad, but it's so much effort. Yeah, it is like, a lot of work. And yeah. Your background, like you have to be aware of like what's behind you. What does that look like? The lighting. Um, I have a big window on my left. And so that lets in a lot of light. So it's like sometimes the lighting either makes me look really sick and you know, <laughs> yeah, or dark. I, we just released a video yesterday and mm -hmm. I was like, oh, I, I look really tired. Like, <laughs> that video. Um, but you know, that the lighting, people don't realize it can really do that. Yeah, it can make or break you, yeah. Yeah, where, where those are. And then sometimes you have so much light on you, then it's so hot. So then you're, yeah. oh. The so, last yeah. the last video that I did, I was I was literally sweating like yeah. <laughs> like what because yeah. that because if I if I let me show you I'm not gonna add this but just to set up all of this maybe it takes thirty minutes for me then to get my mindset to do it and then get everything on <laughs> so anyways I just as a I took out a lot of stuff so I just gave her a little show and tell because I don't want to repeat any of the oh just. I repeat any of the equipment stuff that I've mentioned before, but I showed her all of my stuff. But one of the things that that um, that I probably haven't mentioned is the setup time. So, you know, I would get in my office, blow out all the hot air in my office because I usually do it in the afternoon. And then I would set my light in, turn my mic on, turn the monitor on, turn the lap, turn the turn the the camera on and then set up the, the, the teleprompter and then go. But I found that because I'm, I scripted everything, that's, the, that's another piece, which you probably don't do because I could tell you don't script because <laughs> you just go. So I script, 
But then it takes me like maybe a few nights to do some research, to write it down. Mm-hmm. And in the meantime, I'm putting all the, the, the video description that I'm going to put into the video. So I'm doing that on top of the scripting. So um, as far as the work is concerned, and you probably can attest to this, I did like what, three videos, one of them being six minutes. That took me four nights to edit. The second one took me three nights to edit. Uh, it was about 10 minutes. And then the last one, I think I'm dial, I'm, I'm dialing it in. So I did the scripting. I did one for Health Information Professionals Week. I did the recording at 6 o'clock, finished in 20 minutes for a six-minute video. <laughs> <laughs> right? So finished in 20 minutes, uh, ate dinner, and I took my laptop. What's nice about it, I could take my laptop and be with the kids and edit and then, mm-hmm. and then I start to see my kids start going upstairs. They're like, okay, they're sleeping. <laughs> they're ready to go. But here I am at 11 o'clock still editing. And then right. I, I finish at 11. So here's the thing with editing. You have, you know, your audio, your video, your annotations. But you don't put annotations. You just straight go. So I put the stuff that the little text and stuff like that. And the animations, how they appear, how they disappear. That's another mm-hmm. thing. And then after that, export it out. Then upload it to YouTube and then add the descriptions, add the little, I don't know, those cards that they have that shows the stuff and then get it up and then schedule it by 12 midnight. I was done by 12 midnight. So it took me six hours for 20 minutes of video recording for that broke down into six minutes with bloopers. I make sure I add the bloopers because... Gosh, it took a lot of work. I might as well. Yeah, as no, well. You're, fun. you're fun. Everybody loves to see bloopers. Yeah, so. I might as well add yeah. that because uh, who wants to see a boring five minute dry video on? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah I, I hear you with that. Um, but you don't script it, your 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 content. You just straight go. I, I that's what I notice. I don't know if that's a compliment or if it's well. A- well, let me compare. Let me compare to Blue Garcia, right? So mm-hmm. her, the way her workflow is, from what I understand, she records, she batches them. She batches her. Well, first of all, her videos are thirty under thirty minutes long, because she could. I, I'm sure she could go longer, but again, her. I think the the equipment that she has only limits her to mm-hmm. uh, under thirty minute recording, but. She does not edit. She just straight goes. You know, like she doesn't. She, I guess, when you, as a speaker, you would um, prepare with a presentation with bullets. I think that's what she goes off of, and then she goes with that with the video. She, but she's done it so many times. She has like over five hundred videos, so I'm mm-hmm. sure she knows how to to to. Uh, she works on her appearance on camera and how she works right. the camera, right? So she does it s- straight. So that's a that's a good thing. And I noticed uh, when I watch your videos, I'm like. She doesn't script. She's talking like she's doing a speaking event, but on camera, which is good. Yes, that's yes. what I, that's what. But, you know, if you think it's not a compliment, I think it is, because if you could translate what you do as a speaker on camera. So my my challenge is, is translating this from what I do on on podcasting. My next step was to do it in speaking, which I think I've done mm-hmm. and then translate that into camera. Mm-hmm. That's different. It's. It's another yeah. Half. So, you, oh, th- thank you. I, I think. Um, <laughs> no, I just didn't know from, you know, uh, an outside person's view. So I have obviously our team. Like I said, I'm, I have a, a very strong team approach. Mm-hmm. I don't take credit for 
the company's success is I think it's all of us doing our part. Yeah. And so when, when we, you know, started posting and everything, obviously I had to be ready for constructive criticism mm. <laughs> or anything that, that, that came back from that. But, um, the, my style of even speaking, I was surprised at how well I, I was received. Mm. And so a lot of the organizations that I had, you know, worked with or, you know, consulting firms, they were like, oh, you're, you know, you're the preferred speaker. I'm like, really? Um, <laughs> but I think that's why uh, that is because I, I don't, I like to be natural. I yeah, don't like to come way. off as like I scripted. It, it, yeah. And, and it's not <laughs> fun to listen to somebody read a PowerPoint presentation, mm. right? Like yeah. it's not fun. Like, again, like we said, the material sometimes is just dry as yeah. it is. And so if someone is just simply reading a presentation or what have you, it's not good. So my, style for presenting in person um i actually when i create my powerpoint presentations that i'm going to give i actually rehearse the presentation in my mind mm. so many times like to the point that i am picturing myself standing mm -hmm. up mm -hmm. and what i'm doing like myself like almost like a movie you know in my yeah, mind yeah, and yeah. going through and reading and rereading what I have. Obviously I've created the content, so I'm very familiar with, with what's there. That's important. But feeling very comfortable with the transitions and then, oh, when this slide comes up, I'm gonna dig into detail about this, 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 and that. So that when I am speaking in person, it's, it comes off more natural. So yes. um, I mentioned I we didn't have, I don't have a, like a lot of extra time. So when we were, the first video I think was the hardest, which is bizarre because yeah. it's just the introduction mm -hmm, to our channel. But we were, you know, Nick and I were working on that one together and creatively in the room, it was just crazy because he was thinking of it going in one direction. I was thinking of it going in another. And he's like, well, you, you know, you, you're, you're not as like animated and this, and I'm like, what are you talking about? You know? So, I mean, we really kind of, it took a minute for us to get like on the same page and then we were very pleased with the end product but it ended up being that you know like you said just be your natural self yeah. as you are speaking yeah. um on here so depending on the topic there's a ton of topics that i can just off the top talk about right and i don't need to spend a lot of time you know reading researching rehearsing and then there's other topics where um i do or I want to make sure that I refine what I'm going to say. Yes. That when I'm speaking, I'm I'm speaking with a purpose, and I'm not. I try not to be misleading. One of the most challenging ones um, was the 2021 ENM changes, mm -hmm. um, because then they put out technical corrections, and we do actually, um, uh, you know, like preload videos into YouTube to drop at a certain time. Yeah. So then technical corrections came out, which then made me feel like, oh, I don't want anybody to think that there's misinformation. So we did end up adding some words or annotation to that. And then one other video we've added some some words to. But I also um, try very, very hard to not to make uh, the editing easier so that he doesn't have to edit. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah, yeah. That's you important. Know, again, we're not experts in this yet. And 
um, the less pressure I put on him for the cuts, like the better. But I, you know, I do make mistakes sometimes and I'll look up at the camera and I'll say, okay, I'm going to give you a second. Cause you're going to have to cut this, you know, <laughs> <laughs> I'm talking to him in the camera and then I'm like, okay, one, two, three. And then I, you know, kick back into what I was saying to give him time yeah, yeah. in the video to, to, to figure out where to, where to bridge it in. Um, but yeah, and I think with time, you know, maybe we'll get a little bit more fancy with like some of the things that, that you do and others. But, you know, again, the purpose was more of, you know, something for our clients to see just to kind of get word out there to get our team involved mm. in the YouTube community, because it's just so powerful, right? I mean, this platform and being able to put these videos out, talk about your profession, talk about really anything. To where everybody can access it it's just very powerful yeah it is I at the same you. time though for, for companies like us i have to also be very careful to like you know we have uh i obviously i have tons of presentations but i i can't give every presentation for free on Correct. youtube you know yeah. and give all of this information away um for from a business end of it um but again too those those videos would end up being like an hour hour and a half long mm -hmm. and you know, I, I don't know. People staying tuned in for that long is not common. So, so I'm looking at your uh, your channel right now. I mean, you let's see. You started a month ago. Wow! So a month mm -hmm. ago, and you're already at you're already at a thousand subscribers. That's great. And I think what the driver was the because I, I looked at it, I'm like, how did you get those thousand subscribers? So and so I think what yeah. it is is the the 20, 2021 ENM. Do you see there yes. one, over one thousand each? So you have like what three videos on that, and uh, one thousand views because that's whatever whatever YouTube wants, the community wants. They they will thrive and and gravitate over what they need. So I think that's was that what was that 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 series put you over top to one thousand subscribers? It it did, and I think that it was just the right time. It was mm -hmm. just a timing thing? Yeah, because you know the. It was all brand new January mm -hmm. um, for outpatient coders, mm -hmm. anybody that does ENM. So that was brand new January. And then they turned around on March 9th and made some technical corrections to those changes in mm -hmm. January. So first, everybody wanted to see the videos because it was it was new mm -hmm. as of this year. Mm -hmm. And then on top of that, um, oh, okay, now there's some technical corrections. So then I think it drove even more people to go in and look to see if there was anything about those technical corrections on YouTube. So yeah, I think it was just kind of right place, right time situation. Yes. And, um, you know, obviously we tried to reach out to everybody that we know to kind of make them aware, but it, I think it does tend to take quite a bit of time on YouTube to really make your mark. Yeah. And so, you know, again, to Victoria, not, to, not to bring her up again, but <laughs> Victoria. Um, you know, we, you know, we got to give her kudos for, really she's got a lot of content out there and i think that she's really been pushing it and whenever you search on youtube i mean she's like the first one to come up yeah and even so, on even on youtube and also on google the you know mm -hmm. they also show video searches or video result searches and she's popping up right right there with with herself right. so um but i I think I mentioned before she's doing streaming and I'm getting into the streaming portion, but I think what, what I'm trying to figure out, I haven't mentioned this before is, is she's using a software called OBS. OBS is an open source oh, platform. Use you use it. Yeah. 
Oh, really? Yes, yes, yes. For your webinars? Um, um, for, so we did, we used the OBS for, which video was it? The, I did a walkthrough of the medical decision-making table. And so we used it. I did it as a screen share to walk through that. Yep. Mm. So I, 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 I downloaded OBS and I'm like, what do I do with this? Because I can't even do anything. I can't even set up my camera, whatever. So I have a um, Logitech 1080p camera. And so what I had found is that it came or it, it is associated with, you can download if you get a Logitech, uh, whatever, come, uh, webcam. Uh, right. Logitech is called Logitech Connect. And so it does the same thing that OBS does is that it acts as its, it acts as its own camera source. So the camera integrated with your presentation uh, becomes this one application. And then you could toggle from whatever you see on the camera with your presentation. So it could be, you know, yourself as a, in the camera, the presentation, mm-hmm. you, your presentation with your with yourself at the bottom or flipped around. So that's all I needed. I'm like, okay, I don't need the fancy gamer, you know, uh, lower thirds, (laughs) other stuff. (laughs) I don't need that. I'll just stick with that for now. And then I have a, um, because that's what I wanted to do next is take take this this style of production and put it into the the, the virtual webinar platform, you know, because Mm -hmm. rather, as you mentioned before, um, it's, just seeing a presentation through a whole entire webinar is is dry you know we or out to me it's outdated we need to take right. it up the next step level and you're already you're already there at obs i mean <laughs> like you already figured it or or was it nick that figured it out or probably oh, both of you 100 uh, percent. i give him the credit for that i was like hey I, you know, I told him what i needed and mm. you know he he delivered you know, Perfect. he was like, yeah, there's this OBS because for for web, webinars, um, well, depending on if Stalking Horse is the host or not, mm. we use WebEx. Mm. Um, and so, you know, obviously, if you're you have a camera set up, you could still someone could see you yeah. through that. Um, or, you know, obviously, uh, the way that we are, if the client sets it up, um, it could either be Skype, Zoom, mm. um, Teams, Microsoft mm. Teams. So, I, I mean, I've used all of those, but I do agree with you, though. The OBS, and I think it's part of it being a free, you know, downloadable kind of thing. Yeah. It is not extremely user-friendly. Right. And um, so it really took a minute for me to get comfortable with, okay, is this working right? Am I sharing my screen appropriately? Mm-hmm. You know, how is this going to go into the video? And then we don't have the camera set up. Um, we don't have it connected to the computer. So he was having to connect the audio in the video. I don't even know how he did it. It was mm-hmm. like magic. But, you know, he took the OBS file and then he had to take the camera and the audio from there and sync everything together for that video to kind of get it to to work because we had the separate camera set up. So I don't have, you know, I don't have a camera on my, on that computer that I used for that okay. video. So you're not using the Canon for your webinars, not yet. Correct, not yet. <laughs> that's another, because that's another look. yeah, yeah. It's, well, because honestly, uh, like I said, pre-COVID, ninety-nine point nine percent of clients mm. want us physically there, yeah, on site. Mm. 
And um, so, you know, for me, I don't do a lot of work with just uh, the coding community, essentially. So the, the YouTube, and then also I serve now at the local chapter mm, okay. as a treasurer. So I'm getting involved, you know, been involved a bit there. But doing the YouTube is really, you know, that community more involvement with the coding team. So all of my client focused work prior, prior to COVID, they wanted uh, you on site, they wanted right. us on site. Mm. So even those same places now that are remote, many of the providers are like, look, do we have to do video? I don't want to be on, you know, the video, just show me the presentation. Mm. And um, okay. so I do, it's the main focus is uh, for them is the presentation and my voice. Mm. So I don't, unless they ask and I, uh, you know, I ask them, you know, do you want me to be on video? Then I make sure I use my other computer mm. where I have the, the camera um, in the computer, but mm. I don't mess with setting up the Canon to the computer. We try to keep all the YouTube stuff separate because then you're just, you know, you're just connecting things, disconnecting things. There you so, go. Yeah. That's, yeah. <laughs> uh, that's a little too much. So we, uh, yeah, we are, um, you know, mostly those, the WebExes and such are just the presentations. Now with our team, um, again, if we want to see people will, we, you know, we'll do it with, I'll do it on the computer that has the camera, but okay. yeah. Cool. You'd be surprised though how many of the providers are like, I don't want, I don't care that your picture is up there. I don't, you know, I just, they just want the information. Just the, yeah. Just give me the information. Yeah. So. so you end, you end, uh, your videos with an interesting phrase. What is it and where did it come from? Of course the stocking horse, but <laughs> yeah, straight from the horse's mouth. Yeah. So I just thought it was funny and you know, I don't know. I'm a bit of a, was, was that, know. was that phrase straight from the horse's mouth, something that, that came before the YouTube channel? Um, not that we, not that we said internally or anything like that, but it's just, um, I had always heard it. Like if somebody was talking to you or you were getting secondhand information, you know, somebody might say, I, I heard it right from the horse's mouth, oh, you know, okay. like meaning it came directly from the source. Hmm. Right. So as we, uh, when we were starting that channel, going to start the channel up, I kind of like let Nick know. I think he thought I was joking. I was like, I'm going to, you know, I'm going to use that straight from the horse's mouth. <laughs> like, I just think it's funny. And he's like, oh, yeah, okay, whatever. And then I did it. And he was like, do you really want to use it? I said, yeah. So and I was, every time I say it, I try not to laugh. <laughs> when he posted it, um, everybody that gave us feedback is like, I love that straight from the horse's mouth, mm. you know, and they're all laughing and I'm like, good, you know, it like leaves it on, you know, a funny light. Go. No, yeah, that's you know? perfect. I'm like, did, so, what did she say? <laughs> yeah, like, yeah. What did she say? <laughs> this serious coding stuff to, you know, kind of a, a little bit of a joke. So, and that. you know, we're stalking horse and essentially, you know, we, um, our clients that are watching it, it's, it's message to them, you know, you're hearing it straight from stalking horse. So, you know, them knowing our reputation and feeling comfortable with us. I think that they know that, you know, there's a lot of clients, um, that even locally, you know, uh, we service maybe once or twice a year for like update and education or specific questions. Mm -hmm. And many of the providers in a couple of the groups, actually a couple of the ACOs, when there's a topic that comes up, they're like, well, did you reach out to Stacy? Did you reach out to Stalking Horse? Did you ask what their take is on this? Mm. So, you know, again, kind of straight from the horse's mouth. Yeah, sort there of. you go. 
So you have some content to work on too, especially the one that we just talked about today. I want to see a video. I want to see a video on that transitioning from inpatient CDI to outpatient CDI. I would love that video. Uh, I would definitely share that video because that to me is like, I'm, if, if I have questions, I'm sure a lot of uh, fellow CDI who who have have worked in, in inpatient have that question as well. Anyways, let's wrap up this uh, podcast episode. Stacy, thank you for being on the podcast. Thank you for answering my questions on CDI and everything, especially uh, with YouTube and your company. Let's finish up with the last two questions. What does the future hold for Stacy? Um, I think that you know what, what what my desire is is just to see Stalking Horse grow and expand with the the, the team and really get that uh, get a um, larger group of individuals that really have that passion and continue to grow with the, you know, YouTube videos for reaching the community and to grow with our, um, our clients as well. Um, so not, you know, not anything too fancy. I'm super happy with where we are right now. And so just again, continuing to grow the company and get the word out there about coding and how important it is and that integrity of the data that we put out there. Um, so I think really just staying in the same direction, we've got a really solid team right now and, um, we're just really looking forward to what comes up in the future. And so, uh, last question, what best words of advice could you give our audience? Um, I think that the best words of advice would be to work with purpose and be accountable. Really. I think that a lot of times when we look at the different videos and stuff of encouragement and whatever, we forget the other end of that, which is that this is hard work. And what's going to make you stand out is you working with purpose and being accountable, holding yourself accountable, doing your research and keep pushing forward in your career and um, what you're trying to focus on, whether it's a specific niche encoding or, um, you know, like multi-specialty type thing. So really just keep pushing forward and hold yourself accountable. So there you have it. That concludes my conversation with Stacy Tortorica from Stocking Horse. You can check out Stacy on LinkedIn. You can check out Stocking Horse by going to www.stockinghorsellc.com. And of course, check out their YouTube channel, Stocking Horse LLC Medical Coding. MedicalCodingGeek.com